But we're in November, and again, we're kicking off the, the, the time of Thanksgiving, a time of harvest, a time of enjoying the things of God. Uh, we can list lots of things that we're thankful for. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for the work day yesterday and all the things that the, they've accomplished. Uh, again, I'm thankful for all the workers and those that, that have worked hard to prepare and to get things around for today. Uh, go on and on about the people that's been involved with that. I'm thankful for my wife. Uh, she's not here today, but we're celebrating our 31st anniversary, or uh, Wednesday, November the 11th, and she went ahead of me, and I'm going to catch up with her uh, later tonight or tomorrow, but, but I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful for a lot of you. I'm thankful for uh, uh, my children and all these things that are so awesome. But when I looked up the word thanksgiving, it means the expression of gratitude, especially to God. And today I want us to focus in on learning to put our thanksgiving in God and not that these other things are wrong because our wives are great, our children are great, all these things I mentioned are great and we need to be thankful for them, but we need to put our thanksgiving in God first. And then everything else will work out. It kind of goes along with Matthew 6, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything will work out. Same way with thanksgiving. We need to put that in God first. And the reason I say that today, the scripture that was put on my heart today was Hebrews 12, 25 through 29. And it's talking about in the last day there's going to be a shaking. And, and, and in that shaking... Those that are putting their trust and their thanksgiving in the Lord will not be shaken. But those that are putting their trust in the world will be shaken. And then Paul goes on to write here that we need to be thankful and grateful in the God in his kingdom. And we need to zero in on, on, on him and his, his righteousness and all that he's about and be thankful for him. So turn to me in Hebrews 12, 25 through 29. It says, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth. In other words, he's talking about the prophets here, I believe. Those that came before Christ. But much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. Another Jesus that came from God. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he is promised. Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. This phrase, yes, yet once more, indicates the removal of all things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made the worldly things, in order that things that cannot be shaken may remain. In other words, the godly things. Therefore, let us be grateful, thankful for receiving a, a kingdom, God's kingdom, that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name today. And we just lift this word before you. Father, I just lift these people before you. And Father, again, we ask for a move of your Holy Spirit upon us. Father, we ask that we get everything out of our mind that would distract us from receiving from you. Father, that we would focus in and hear what you've got to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. In your bulletin, there's a tear out. And it, there's a welcome on one side, but the other side 
it says, what are you thankful for? And I want you to be writing things down you're thankful for throughout the service today. You online, you can write on what you're thankful for in the comment section. But let's give God glory for things that we are thankful for today. But as we read the scriptures today, Paul was telling us in the last day that this world would be shaken. It'd be shaken by God and the gospel. One commentary I read says, God will one day put down the present world order and shake to pieces the whole material universe. The present form of this world is not eternal. It will be destroyed by fire and replaced by a new heaven and a new earth. Now, I got one amen over here somewhere. Joel sang about it today and the praise team sang about it today that God is in control. God is the real thing. God is eternal and God is coming back for us. The Bible says that the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Waiting for and hasting the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as burn, as they burn. But according to his purpose, we are waiting for new heavens, new earth, in which righteousness dwells. We need to be thankful and focusing on the things of God. Revelations 21.1, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and the sea was no more. Revelation 21.1, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. Revelations 20.11, the only thing that will survive in this present form will be the kingdom of God and those who belong to it. Did we get that today? The only thing that's going to survive these last days and move on into eternal things is those things that are present in the kingdom of God and those people who belong to it. Do we believe that today? As Paul said, therefore, let us be grateful, thankful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Again, putting our thanksgiving in the things, things of God. So if our thankfulness depends on anything but the things of God, we will be shaken. If we put our hope in the world system today, we will be shaken. The world system may be finances. Some will will be shaken if their financial success doesn't come about. If your finances rule you, you will be shaken. If your thanksgiving depends on finances, you will be shaken. What about government today? Does your thankfulness depend on who wins the election? Now, keep in mind, I started writing this before I knew what we know today. Are we really hacked off over the election? I know I can get upset and hacked off over the election if I want to be. But if our thanksgiving depends on the government, we will be shaken. We can't put our hope and trust in finances, money, government. 
Relationships. Does your thankfulness depend on a man or a woman? When you have a bad relationship, do you quit your job, your church, your calling, and move away? I remember when Brother Swaggart uh, failed to sin and, and that went across the news. That's what happened to half the college. They gave up on everything, I believe, because they were dependent on their relationship with Jimmy Swaggart and not their relationship with God. When we depend on relationships, we will be shaken. Now, in saying all that, I am thankful for relationships that I have. I was looking around today to see if I can spot them, but Mike and Ann are celebrating their 23rd anniversary today. That's up, praise God. We're thankful for that. But we put our total trust in Jesus Christ, and we're thankful for that relationship's Again, as I mentioned, Karen and I are starting 32 years together. It's been a great time and getting even better. But again, I put my faith and confidence in our relationship with Jesus. A lot of you might think Karen's not here because she's tired of me. You may be half right. No, I'm just kidding. Hi, honey. She's watching online, by the way. She's already texted. I've been seeing it in the comments. He's the best husband ever. He's the most handsome guy on TV. Do you guys see that in the comments? How do you put them in the comments, okay? I'm just coaching her a little bit. But what about our jobs? Does your thankfulness depend on a job? You know, maybe you didn't get a promotion. Do you get up, quit, and quit producing at your job because you've been looked over? Or is your confidence and thankfulness in Jesus Christ? And, and I think about that. Uh, uh, Pastor Joe, did you realize was was uh, passed up twice, if you will. I don't even want to use the word, use the word passed up. But we, he applied for the uh, position at Oakton two times and got it the third time. Aren't you glad he didn't stop trying? Yeah, give the Lord praise for Pastor Joe. <laughs> Pastor Joe, you can write good things in the comments section too. But he's preparing to go into liberals we speak now to preach. But farmers, does your thankfulness depend on a good crop. And again, I'm just trying to make us think today, where are we putting our thankfulness in? What are solid things that we can put our thankfulness in? What about sin? Does your thankfulness depend depend on a particular sin? Do we depend on gambling, sex, slander, gossip to make be made whole in our lives? If so, you will be shaken. Because worldly things will not stand. We need to put our thing, our trust in, our hope in the things that will not be shaken in the kingdom of God and the things of God. I'm going to get into them a little bit later and mention four that I wanted to talk about. But, but I wanted to share today with you an Old Testament example of being shaken because the Lord had put uh, Habakkuk on my mind, and, and as I got this to studying that, that passage of Scripture to me is identical to what we're going through in the USA right now. And if you look during that time, you can look in 2 Kings 23. I'll be in 22, 23, 24, jumping around, and then Habakkuk 1, 2, 3, mainly chapter 3. But Habakkuk followed Josiah the prophet. But the kingdom of Judah and God's people have done detestable things under King Manasseh. And, and Josiah followed King Manasseh. 
But they were heavily involved in sexual immorality, all forms of adultery, homosexuality, even bestiality, all the immoralities that you can think of and adulteries. They worshipped other gods, the Moabites, the Ammonites, even were sacrificing babies to the god Molech. Hmm. Josiah took over as king. He was righteous. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. He turned to the Lord with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his might. He reestablished a covenant with God, and he restored the Passover. Think about that. They had taken the Passover out, the things of God out. All these things were taken away, and he reestablished them. All those were in chapter 23 that I mentioned. He cleaned the swamp of corruption in the kingdom. He burned the idols in 23.4. He disposed of their priests in 23.5. He removed the high places uh, and the Asher pole. And the reason I bring up Asher poles is most men of God never removed the Asher poles, the high places. They kept them to the side because they were more hidden. And so the hidden sins, he got rid of all the sin that he could see in, earth, in, in, in Judah and the people of God, the kingdom of Judah, and removed them. He stopped the sacrifice of babies to the evil god Molech in verse 10. He destroyed the gods of the Moabites and Amorites, Ammonites, excuse me. You guys realize, and I keep reminding you that, that sin does have repercussions, Do you realize that the Moabites and Ammonites came from Genesis 19.37? When Lot slept with his daughters, they got him drunk. Again, why we shouldn't drink? If you get drunk especially, his daughters got him drunk, slept with him because they thought all the men had died. They couldn't trust God and put their thankfulness in God because the world was going to pieces. So they took it upon themselves, got their father drunk, slept with their father. The other daughter slept with her father. They had two children. The first child's name was Moab, the father of the Moabites. They were thrown in Israel's side for a long time. Ben-Ami was the father of the Ammonites. All generated from Genesis 19.37 that was going on and been a thorn in Israel's side because people couldn't put their thankfulness and trust in God when things weren't good around them. You know, we tend to judge everything from our own limited perspective. Unless we have what we believe we should have, we see no reason to be thankful. And so we pursue after other things at times and Lord help us and forgive us when do that what really intrigued me was after Josiah this great king came in and he cleaned and, and he reestablished and he cleaned the swamp if you will he got all the things right with God But God's wrath still burned against the nation of Judah. And the scripture says in 2 Kings 23, 26, Still the Lord did not turn from the burning of his great wrath by which his anger was kindled against Judah because of all the provocations which Manasseh had provoked him to. 
and Josiah was taken out. Israel quickly fell, or Judah quickly fell back into their sins in the way that they were after 31 years of living for God. We will jump back to that in a little bit, but God's wrath couldn't be settled because of the sin because Jesus hadn't came yet. Praise God for the cross today, amen? Praise God for Jesus today. But see, the prophet Habakkuk struggled with what God was doing. Habakkuk struggled with Josiah's death. He was a good reformed king. God, why did you remove him? God, Josiah cleaned the swamp. Man, look what he did. He stopped the the slaughter of babies. Habakkuk even struggled with God's silence and unwillingness to intervene. But Habakkuk realized the ultimate source of thanksgiving comes from the Lord. And he said these words in Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. He took thanksgiving in the things of God. He didn't put his thanksgiving in the world and things that would burn and, and things that would never last. He put his thanksgiving in his salvation. In other words, prophesying the future of Jesus Christ that he would have all satisfaction. And he was thankful. I too struggle with some things going on in the world today. But I too must stay focused. Trust God and put my thankfulness in him. Like Habakkuk. Our ultimate source of thanksgiving should come from what God has revealed about himself in his word and in his person of Jesus Christ. Did you get that today? Our ultimate source of thanksgiving should come from what God has revealed about himself in his word and in the person of Jesus Christ. Four things that we can be thankful for that are in God's word. And there's many, many more. You know, the word talks about a good wife in Proverbs. But I want to talk about four things today quickly. And the number one thing is to be thankful, T1, to be thankful for God's salvation. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy, take thanksgiving in my salvation. We are all sinners. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands No one seeks God. Like Judah, no matter how good you are, get that, no matter how good you are, the wrath of God will fall on the sinner for the wages of sin or death. That's why we need Jesus, the free gift of God, that eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We need to put our thanks in Jesus Christ, the ultimate source of thanksgiving. It comes from Jesus America's provocations, the speech, their actions is what provocation means, are provoking God. Do you realize the same sins Judah was doing are the same sins America is committing today? God's wrath will fall on a sinner 
Do you have a Savior today? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior today? If not, you do. Online, do you know the Lord Jesus is your personal Savior today? If not, you need to. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Are you thankful for salvation today? Have you got up this morning and said, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul? Putting our thankfulness in the things of God. To be thankful for God's everlasting love for you. I love this scripture out of Psalms 118, 1 through 9. And, and uh, the, I can't remember the gal's name, but I was listening after the Lord's trying to get this word out. But she was preaching the same scripture when me and Amy were driving to Pittsburgh the other day. And it was a wonderful message. Go check hers out. But as Wilkerson, uh, uh, anyway, I don't know any more than that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> it was good. But, but oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel, and that's what I think is so neat about this scripture. The word of God is, is going and, and telling the nations, the priests, the church about this, this great God. So it's okay, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel, in other words, the nation say his steadfast love endures forever. God gives his love to all nations, to all people, and he wants all of them to be saved today. The word goes on to say in verse 3, let the house of Aaron say, in other words, the priests say, his steadfast love endures forever. God wants to work through the priests, the ministers, those called in the ministry. He wants to tell about his love that endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, in other words, the believer, the church his steadfast love endures forever. Why? Because out of my distress, I called on the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is my side, at my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in the princess. Again, Psalms 118, 1 through 9. We are valuable to God. All the nations are valuable to God. All the priests and and those called out, the, the leaders, the men and women of God, the church. Man, you are valuable to the Lord. God desires that we all have this this salvation. This steadfast love that lasts forever. God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus came after us. And we talked about it last week. That our lives matter to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Check out last week's sermon if you didn't hear it. But our lives matter. God loves us. Can you say that today? God loves me. Because we need to be reminded... God loves me. Thank you, Lord. Be thankful for God's sovereignty. God is the only supreme, the only supreme, the final authority. God's plan has not changed. 
It doesn't matter about the elections and about all these other things in our life that change and, and roll over and do all these things. God's plan does not change. God is in control. Praise God and be thankful for his sovereignty. God rules over all space, time, and history. It means that he created the world for his glory and directs the cosmos to his purpose. It means that no one can truly thwart his plans or frustrate his determination. It means that we are secure in the knowledge that God's sovereign purpose to redeem a people through the atonement accomplished by his son will be fully realized. That was by Al Moeller. God is the supreme authority. I will take joy in his salvation. I will take joy in his love. I will take joy in his, his sovereignty. It doesn't matter what this world takes from me or gives to me. God is the final authority. Amen? Are you thankful for God's sovereignty today? And the last one today, be thankful for everlasting life. The believer lives forever. Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may also be, John 14, 3. The Bible says, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God, Revelation 19, 3, or 9. I thought it was neat that Gary put a word out yesterday about on eternal life, but more, more specifically on the great supper. But again, Gary believes these are from the Lord, and I think this is good and from the Lord. And so I put to you guys today, but my people, there will be a great rejoicing at the great supper of the Lamb. There will be joy of the magnitude never before experienced. You guys get that today? No matter how much fun you have in this life, it will not touch eternity. No matter how much joy you find in this life, it won't even touch what eternity has for you. There will be those from the east and the west. There will be those who were poor, maimed, lame, blind, that will gather for the great supper. Why? Because Christ healed them. Only those who know my name, in other words, confess and believe, who know my voice, those are those who are called by my name will be at the great supper. They will lack nothing, for I am the great shepherd who have prepared the great supper for his children. Can you imagine not having any want to lack nothing? What a great time that will be when we will be together for all eternity, feasting and rejoicing in my presence. We're going to be feasting and rejoicing in the things of God today. And it's going to be an awesome time. It is an awesome time. But it will not touch what eternity is today. Can you imagine the joy that will be in the house? It will be awesome. I'm waiting anxiously for that great and wonderful joy when the time, time of times will be complete 
and I will be with my children forever and ever. You guys realize God longs to be with us forever and ever? Be glad that you and many like you will be together with me. You are and will be greatly blessed as a child of mine, says the Lord. In Revelation 21.2 says, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Did you get that? He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the formal things have passed away. And he who, seated on, on he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Also he said, Write down, for these words are trustworthy and true. As I was reading that today, there will be no sin, no sickness, no death, no mourning. Those heavy loads that we're carrying today will be gone. That, that, that unforgiveness that we battle with, that not liking someone or not being liked, that will all be gone. It'll be a perfect place. It'll be the joyful place. It'll be more than we can imagine. I, I, I don't even feel like I'm giving it justice today. All I've said today, I feel like that I've not excited anybody about what heaven will be because it's going to be so much more. So much more. Could you imagine getting out of bed without any heaviness on your mind? No worries. And I know that's possible now, but we struggle with things off and on in our life. With sickness, no more struggles. Howard and Marilyn went to the ER. That's why we prayed for them earlier, taking Keith in there. And, and we need to pray for them. We don't have to battle that no more. Christ has paid the price, but it's forever. And I think about my mother-in-law. Some of us have lost loved ones, man. They're in the presence of God and, and we'll be with them forever. It's a glorious place. It's a glorious place. Have you thanked God for eternal life today? Have we got out of bed today and said, Lord, thank you for your salvation. Father, thank you for your love Father, thank you for your sovereignty. Father, thank you for eternal life. We need to learn to be thankful in the things of God. And we won't struggle as much in this life. A young adult Bible study, again, God's been all over this all week. The author of the Bible study, and I can't remember who that was, but... We were listening to. But he said, what you have in Christ is better than anything you don't have in Christ. Did you get that? What you have in Christ is better than anything you don't have in Christ. 
all those things that we need think will satisfy us and that we think will bring us thankfulness and happiness. If they're not centered on God, they're not going to last. They'll be temporary. Because there's a great shaking going on. Guys, there's a great shaking going on in our nation in this world and there will continue to be until Christ comes back. Because there's a battle between good and evil. And we must fight for good and come against evil. We must love those that, that, that sin against us. We must take the salvation, the love, the sovereignty, and the eternal life of Jesus Christ to those that don't think like us. Those that don't have it. That's what we need to do. So as the praise team comes forward today, what I wanted to do for the altar time today is that you've got these tear-offs. I don't need to stand over you and, and pray for you and all that stuff. You can come to these altars and the Lord will do it. Because he desires to be with you. But I want you to just take that tear off. And I want you to write down in there, God, this is what I'm thankful for today. And I'd like for you, even if you don't tear at the altars, to, to put them in the Thanksgiving basket. We've been putting our, our uh, offerings for the building payoff in there, but let's put our Thanksgiving offerings in there today, the things that we are thankful for. If the line gets big or you want to just lay them at the altar, along the altar rails, I'll pick them up and put them in there at the end of the service. And tonight we'll give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. We'll give thanks to the Lord for his salvation, for his love, for his sovereignty, for his eternal life, for all the things that we're grateful for the Lord in. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as Lord, give your heart to him today. I'm going to have Jim up here on the side. If you want to give your heart to the Lord, come let Jim pray with you today. You can bring Suzanne with you, Jim. But let's start off this month of Thanksgiving with a Thanksgiving offering to God. Again, if you want to write your prayer request on the sheets, we'll try to pray over them. You don't need to put your name on them unless you want them on there. Those that are online, put your Thanksgiving offering in the conference section and any prayer requests that you might have, and we'll stand with you as a congregation. But let us stand to our feet today, and let us give thanks to our Lord for his love endures forever. But as I look across the crowd today, let's bow our heads. Anybody need salvation today, would you just raise your hand? Actually, don't even raise your hand. Just come on up to Jim and Suzanne and let them pray for you. I need salvation today. But how many of you just need a 
feel a little touch of love from God today. You, I told you God loves you, but you just need God to touch your life with love today. Just slip your hand up. God, I need to feel your love today. I see those hands across the room. God, I need to be reminded of your sovereignty. Father, would you remind me of that, that you are in control? Would you touch my situation? Would that be you? Raise your hand up. Lord, I need to see your sovereignty in my life today. I see those hands. Most importantly, the Lord does. And Father, refresh me in eternal life. I just need to be refreshed today, Lord, in knowing. Man, the hands are already going up. I need to be refreshed in eternal life. Father, you've seen the hands across the room today. Even the baby's hands are both hands in the air. Praise the Lord. Father, you see the hands across the line. And, and Father, you're already moving in amongst us. Father, your spirit's already here. All we had to do is yield to it. Father, a donkey could be preaching up here and you would move when your people ask you to. Father, move across this body. Father, move across this land. Move across America. Father, move across this world and touch those that need you most of all. And Lord, touch your believers, refresh them, renew them in your kingdom.